going back to the struggles, the struggles, you know, you can't always see it when you're in the struggle, but man, when you reflect back on, on what came out of those struggles, it, it's, it can bring you to, to, uh, an absolute pure state of gratitude for what you have now. <laughs> Our first podcast cry. <laughs> Welcome to the let's be real podcast genuine conversations for authentic living. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Lisa Allshafer, empowerment life coach and author. And I'm Sandra Pariser, health and wellness entrepreneur and truth seeker and truth speaker. Go ahead and hit the like button and the subscribe button. It really helps us get the word out to y'all. And uh, Lisa, what do we get to talk about today? Well, in honor of Thanksgiving tomorrow, we actually preempted another episode <laughs> so we could do this today on five ways to grow through gratitude. So first, we're going to start off with just going through the, the, the three things or one of uh, three of the top things, really, that keep us out of gratitude and then go into the five things that help us grow through gratitude. Very, very, very cool. Uh, gratitude's the name of the game, and I'm just going to kind of flow with this because it has forever changed my life making sure that I'm resonating more in the realm of gratitude. So why don't we just cover some of the, the sticky things first? Okay. Well, the first sticky thing is pessimism. And so some people live in a more of a negative orientation. And so pessimism is the grass is always greener on the other side or the glass is half empty. Those are probably the two most common ones. And so it's recognizing that when you're in that pessimism, you're, you're never, if, if those are the kind of how you're looking at your life and yourself, then that is uh, where you're never really going to be grateful for where you are, which means you'll probably never really be that happy where you are. So that's why optimism, being optimistic, is where it's always going to be moving towards how can I see this through a different lens. Absolutely. And on that, I'm, just as you were talking about that, I'm like, ding, ding, ding. I'm thinking of people around me. It's really something that we can totally be conscious of. It's easy for us to, to pinpoint. I mean, just the moment something pops in your head. And I know Lisa, you and I have been talking about this over the last few days. I've just, I, me personally, I feel like I have been, I, I call it attacked, right? But I'm really just attacked by myself because it's just me in my own mind saying all sorts of things and how, um, really being conscious of, you know, are you coming from a place of beating yourself up? Or are you coming from a place of grace and optimism? Mm -hmm. And it really is right. easy to switch it if you could just become a little more aware of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, um, uh, the second one is focusing on what you don't have instead of focusing on what you do have. And, you know, uh, one of the, th the questions I've asked um, my clients through coaching sometimes <clears throat> is, you know, they're, they're so focused on what they, they don't have. It's like, well, why don't you take a look around, just go walk around your home and really look at everything that you do have. And, you know, most people that at least that I coach with will see that they actually have a pretty darn nice home and they have a family that's, that's healthy and they have, you know, their collection of whatever they love and, you know, that they collect uh, throughout the years and they have a lot of sentimental stuff around. So when we can kind of take ourselves out of what, focusing on what we don't have and just really size up and really look and reflect on what you have right now, that's a really important piece. Yeah. And try and, and feel your way through it as you're looking at the things that you do have. And, and things can be things like the sentimental things. I put up my Christmas tree every year. Um, I love it. It's like I have ornaments on my tree that were my grandmother's ornaments from the 30s and my great grandmother's mm -hmm. ornaments from the 30s. You've done this. Yeah. You've been to my house. I also have a couple ornaments on my tree from you over the years. And yes, so every time I put it, yeah, of course. Every time I put them up, I sit and I, I feel and I remember, and even my kids, it's something I'm generationally passing down, the, the things, right? But mm -hmm. let's not forget our animals. That's Those right. Oh. so easy to be grateful for. Animals yeah. are just beautiful energy. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, look at what you do have. Yeah. And I have Christmas balls that my grandmother made, who's no longer here, that I, you know 
keep and my sister has some as my mom has some as well so you know those keepsakes are just beautiful things so the third one is in something you kind of alluded to about negative self-talk and that's seeing the worst in yourself and others especially you know when we have been in relationships for a long time we can take them for granted we can just start to, and again if you have that more of that negative orientation going on you can also just start to lose sight of all the things that you love about that person or that you like about that person because you're seeing the things that bother you <laughs> that are like ah, you know you get all frustrated with and so it's it's that's why you know the longer the relationship you're in, the easier it is to do that. So it's really important to really stay in acknowledgement of the positive things and stay connected to those positive things. And again, even though, you know, it's not like 24 seven, but it helps to reorient you back to uh, the heart of the relationship. Absolutely. And, and being that, that Thanksgiving is always about gratitude. Um, I mean, it's Thanksgiving after all, right? And it's one of my favorite holidays because it's the moment where what you and I are trying to share with people is that you can do this every day in your life. Gratitude, if you just try and stay in that energy and look around and again, look at the things that you do have versus what you don't have. Um, But we use this one day of the year to like sit in and really embrace the energy of how grateful we are. Like, I'm so grateful this year. Um, my oldest stepdaughter is coming to see us with my granddaughter and her husband. And uh, it's a tradition every year at Thanksgiving, we will all go around the table and talk about what we're grateful for. And every year I cry. You have been at one of these with me, Lisa. I have been to more than one. Uh, yes. Lots of them. Yes. yes. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing and and in our in our last uh, podcast I talked about how much I um, appreciate and value and and it, you know I'm inspired by how your family is you know all year round but through the the traditions and the and the holidays that really excel amplify that if you will um, and that's a beautiful thing. Yep. Yep. And so no matter where you are, because, you know, I do want to honor that. And and I know you do too, that people are are struggling right now. There's really a lot going on. And um, even talking about, you know, gratitude and wanting to share, you know, with all of our viewers, what that feels like and looks like for us, it's really been kind of a tricky time. So to, to be grateful when there's also, you know, people are getting sick and people are dying and, um, you know, so there's a lot of that too. So even though I, I want to honor all of the, the people that are really struggling out there because it's an art form. <laughs> I'm not perfect, right? We don't sit in this all the time, but it, it is so helpful when we can just, how are we doing right here, right now and in the moment? Right. And that's, that's a perfect. That's a perfect segue into the first first step into really growing through gratitude, and that is reframing. How can you reframe? Because everyone experiences struggle, everyone experiences setbacks, everyone experiences sickness, and you know sometimes financial stuff, whatever it is. And so the reframe is where you can really take the the struggle, the challenges that you're going through and reframe them in a way to be able to find what is this here for? Why is this, you know, what is going on in my life right now? What might be going on that I can actually use this as an opportunity for growth instead of feeling, um, you know, like it's, uh, like it's, it's, I'm being attacked, you know, or I'm being, uh, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening happening to me? Yes. And so with a reframe, you know, so much of life is about perception. I mean, a lot of life is about perception and how you view it. So even if you think about, um, you know, someone having $100,000 in the bank, the fact is there's $100,000 in the bank. Now, someone who might be used to having $20,000 in the bank would be jumping for joy and absolutely going crazy because they now have $100,000 in the bank. But someone who might have a million dollars in the bank might go, oh no, I only have $100,000 in the bank, right? So it's all about perception and context. And, And so it's really looking at that. But when those struggles come, you want to look and say, is, you know, what is something, is there, a, is there a different way to reframe this in my life? Is this here to maybe teach me something? Is there an opportunity here for me to become stronger as a result 
of what's going on. You know, if it's your health, say, maybe it's like, well, you know, I really haven't been eating right. Or I, I, you know, I need to start to really take a big picture look on, you know, what I'm doing with my health. And so the sickness, sickness really brings it into, into focus, right. Into frame, so to speak. And it's like, yeah, I don't really want, I want to be the healthiest I can be. And so sometimes those challenges are, have you take a little bit broader view of your life when they're happening in the moment. I think it's always an opportunity for growth. Always. I mean, I've had this last, I would say week, week and a half. I, I came off this amazing high, really high. I mean, there, it almost felt like I was walking through the world and it's just like, I had magic at my fingertips and it, and it, and I mean, I would go to sleep happy and I'd wake up happy and I, and then all of a sudden I, and so what changed? I don't know, but I didn't feel that way anymore. And I think there's like two days where I was telling you this yesterday. I'm like, like I was actually questioning whether I'm clinically depressed and need medication. And it's like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know, like how do I reframe? That's a massive reframe. But at least I, I have done enough work where I'm like, okay, what in the heck is happening and how can I reframe it? so that I can at least get more grounded in and not feel so uncomfortable. Like the truth is I don't ever want medication. You know, I mean, I'm going through the change of life and the change of life is, um, well, I think for most women, it's hard, you know, it, it biochemically, your body is changing and you're going from one, uh, reality to another. For me, this has been going on now for, two years, three years. It's a while. I don't know, but it's, it's something that I am very conscious of and I don't want to be on anything that I have to go to a pharmacy and pick up. I know that foods can help. And I know that, you know, there's also, I can reframe this. And so how I'm reframing this is by taking control of what can I control? Well, I can get my butt to the gym. Those endorphins and chemicals that are released when you work out are really, really magical. So but yeah, like this is the ebb and flow of, you know, of reality. Just simply reframing it really is empowering actually. And it adds to the, it adds to the growth experience of, because once you put this into practice and you just have a couple successes with it, then you can have a couple days like I did and question whether or not I need to be on depression medication and kind of laugh about it and go, okay, let's regroup, you know. Let's figure out what's happening here and reframe it and move forward. And, you know, I'm great today. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, the saying this too shall pass. It always does. And mm -hmm. so does the positive, like you experienced. Yeah. You were in that positive state. And this is where, um, you know, people try to hang on to the positive a lot of the time. And by trying to hang on to the positive, it starts to slip away. They try to push away the negative and the negative comes even closer, <laughs> mm. which is all about resistance, but, uh, we, well, that's another, another podcast, but it's an, it's an important piece to understand that, you know, you came off a really, you know, a powerful experience. You, you got advanced in your company to mm -hmm. a whole nother level as did Alan, correct? Yeah. 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 I mean, and it was, a, it, a big accomplishment. Yeah. It, yeah. And just in it, sometimes things are so effortless and I appreciated every magical moment because it went on for, for weeks and weeks. I've never really had a run of, um, and you and I, we're, we've talked about this in the past. There's in the last, really the six months that the healing has started to cement, you know, like first dealing with the trauma, my trauma of my childhood, and then more of like the integration phase where, okay, now I'm healed, emotionally healed, but how do I integrate all of this? And so this was the longest so excitement, right? Um, by the way, it could be also, I don't want to say positive or negative in that sense, but I could feel my, ex when I would get excited, I was too excited. I'm too excited. Wait, I don't know. Because what goes up comes down and it's a balancing act. And I'm like, ooh, I got to be careful with that too. So anyway, that's, that's kind of a way to play with it just a way yeah. to play with it. Reframe and play. Right. Absolutely. And just one more about the reframe, because you were there in the experience. So in 
the summer, the end of summer, I think it was of 2020. Um, I'm a crypto person, diehard, <laughs> diehard crypto person. Anyway, uh, but- Your excitement. Uh, I know where you're going with this and I like it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I had, I got a little over and over-enthusiastic, over-excited, and I started to use leverage. And uh, I got in at the end of 2017 into crypto. So now we're in 2020. I'd, you know, ridden out the first bear market. And um, and I went to leverage. And then just in a just extremely short period of time, I was down a lot of money. <laughs> and it hit me. It was so fast. It hit me just so hard. And it took me some time. And we were in Sedona uh, when, you know, I shared that with you and Alan. And I was just like, I was just really thrown off in my life. And I mean, I, you, kind of, you kind of felt like you hit the crack pipe. And I say that with all the love in my heart. I've never seen Lisa, it, the excitement so of yeah. adrenaline. Anxiety and, and, and all that. I'm not, I don't have anxiety, like clinically, yeah. you know, anxious or whatever. Doesn't mean I never get nervous or not. But this, I, I was like, whoa, my whole nervous system was just shot. So it took me a couple weeks to reframe and, and, and gather myself because again, it was a lot of money again in context for me. Um, but what, what really helped to turn it around? Cause I already know, I know all the principles I know. I mean, this is what I do, right? It's all about, you know, what is this here to teach me? What, I, there was clearly lots of lessons to, to, that I needed to learn, but what really helped the reframe was when it came to me as I'm walking around, you know, doing my pacing when I'm, when I've got a lot going on in my mind. Um, and it's that I am a success story in the making. And that is a, that was so powerful uh, I am a success story in the making. Well, what are success stories coming from rock bottom, coming from this, coming back from adversity, you know, all these things. And, and, and sure enough, took me some time. Cause you know, I don't have control over the market, right? Took me some time, but I actually, how much I lost, I'm going to go into dollar amounts, but how much I lost, I made over 10 X after I came out on the other side. So that was a really powerful, but keeping and that in mind. And you did but not go me, back. Let me just, yeah. let me just you finish did not this. go back into that excitement, right? You, mm -hmm. you, you no, did. no, I, I leveled that out, and, uh, and, and that was part of what had me lose money. <laughs> was the excitement too much excitement, not enough grounding, mm -hmm. right? So, but so to to kind of top that off. So, if you're facing challenges for anyone listening know that that saying it was really powerful me for me and it might be really powerful powerful for you and that is you're a success story in the making and this is an opportunity to turn that around and get your mind directed to where it needs to go so you can pull yourself out of the out of the struggle out of the struggle wherever it is that you're yeah. at that, that's why I brought it back so did you go back yeah. there again and I I know the answer to that Right. But it no, is, you know, you're a success story in the making yeah. and, yeah. and you did it, you know, you did yeah. it, you came back and, and you didn't yeah. feel that way anymore. Right. And I, yeah. you know, I still have lessons to learn when it comes to, to crypto for sure. And what, what surrounds that in my life, but it's getting, it's not, it doesn't have that, you know, the gravity to it that it did at that time. So, okay. Number two is reflect, which is a lot of what we do here. <laughs> Yeah. And that's, to, you know, taking a look at what's in your life now and what you can be grateful for, but also some of these experiences, um, you know, that got you to where you are, to be grateful for those experiences as well. Um, you know, one of the things that I reflect on um, at, at times, especially more, more recently, and that is, you know, I was in a 12-year relationship with my ex-husband, who was my son's father. And, um, and we were married for about half of that time, I guess. And, uh, and this is now 20, 25 years ago that, that I left that relationship, but it was a very challenging relationship. It was an abusive relationship. It was scary relationship. And ultimately it was, it ended up being a dangerous relationship. And yet, um, you know, I think back on that time and I would have done everything to that I went through every minute of every day of those years because of how grateful I am 
this brings brings me to emotion every time I say this for my son. I mean, come on, <laughs> you know, he's, he's my, 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 what I'm most grateful for in this life. And, um, you know, sometimes again, going back to the struggles, the struggles, you know, you can't always see it when you're in the struggle, but man, when you reflect back on, on what came out of those struggles, it, it's, it can bring you to, to, uh, an absolute pure state of gratitude for what you have now. <laughs> our, our first podcast cry <laughs> well you know it's because yeah. like as you're talking about eric it's like oh my gosh um yeah and then you're talking about the most painful experience you've ever had in your life and if it wasn't for the most painful experience i ever had in my life which was that one relationship yours was yeah. 12 mine was two mm-hmm. um you know, like it's, it's, I would not be, you would not be, we would not be here right. had it not been for the courage that it took to do whatever it took to, to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where would we be without those? Um, I don't know. They're they're And yeah, what a, what a great message for everybody. If you want to bring Sandra and Lisa to tears, <laughs> Um, you know, let's talk about the most painful thing that has ever happened to you ever, you know, like, and then, but but, but the tears aren't about the pain, the tears are about about the happiness. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that's why it's so powerful. Yeah. I mean, the tears, the pain is like, the pain's gone. That's gone. And that's healed. But the gratitude Gratitude. (laughs) left over is just like, again, it can bring me to tears like, Every time I, I I share about that and and Eric I, I can't help it it just brings up that depth yeah. of gratitude yeah. and that's why reflecting on on these things especially for parents who are parents of divorce or or I'm excuse me parents who have divorced mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, you know uh, to recognize that your children are the sacred part of that union regardless mm-hmm. of how you feel about your ex. So, you know, in keeping that, keeping that in mind. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those relationships. Anyway, that was just so Mm -hmm. great to reflect. (laughs) Reflection, you know, and it's something that we do a lot and it's something that's easy for any of our listeners to do because what moves you, what really, you know, you and I sitting here having this experience, you know, I'm getting tears in my eyes. Like I know what you've been through with Eric. He's been all of your greatest lessons have been, you know, because really because of Eric, right. And, and what you've done. And, um, it was funny just as you were talking about reflecting before you went into emotional state in, in the last like 10 days that I've been like, what the heck is going on? How did I go from here to here? Like, how'd that happen? Um, my dad called and I'm like, I wonder if he's watching my podcast, like, but it came literally Lisa it came right in the, the depth of my questioning, am I clinically depressed? My dad calls. And I think we've shared this with people. I have a very uh, interesting relationship with my father. And uh, I laid down some boundaries and energetically, I, I could have sworn, Lisa, I cut that cord. I could have sworn, but then he called me again. Then the question is, well, what am I going to do with that? Mm-hmm. And... And, and, I, and honestly, I think that just me questioning, why are you calling me now? Why now? Um, was enough for me to just reflect on the why. Why now? And I'm like, you're not going to kick me when I'm down. Okay, delete, you know, and just, and move on, you know, and go, that was very interesting. Well, and the, you know, when you say you cut the cord, it could be he came in to see where you're at to test how much the cord has been cut. Yeah. And it's been cut. Yeah. And it really, really, you know, it was just like, I was already in a very um, vulnerable place where, you know, I'm, you know, I'm struggling. We're all struggling. It's the human experience to, to, to struggle and then to come back into what we're talking about today, which is gratitude. And, and it's the only thing we can control is how we feel about anything. That's it. And we are in charge of that and we can control it. So he didn't, he didn't elicit an emotional response other than for me to reflect 
and go, that's interesting. And that was that. So I forgot to tell good you that. You. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. It's the best. Awesome. Number three is reciprocate. You know, so often we want it, we want things coming toward us, whether it's praise or gifts or, you know, the five love languages, you know, uh, quality uh, time, you know, uh, what's uh, service, acts of service um, and affection, right? Those are the five love languages. Uh, and, and oftentimes, you know, we want to be treated in our language, but what's important is also to treat others, not only in our, in our love language, but their love language too, um, for those of you who aren't familiar with a love language, just go to fivelovelanguages.com. You'll get all the info there. But ultimately, it's to reciprocate. There is something really beautiful that happens when you're putting it out, you know, into the universe and reciprocating when people, you know, with what is coming in. It's like the ebb and flow of the ocean, right? You, it needs to go both ways because really when you're reciprocating, it, everyone benefits. Both sides benefit. The giver benefits and so does the receiver mm -hmm. which is also really important for people who have a hard time receiving because they're you're um cutting off the benefit if you will of the giver by you know saying no 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 please don't give me anything or you know just kind of you know just being squirmy with it <laughs> yeah. which is happens with a lot of people right it's like just take it graciously and say thank you mm -hmm. and own it that feels good. So if you have a hard time receiving and you're on that side of it, then really think about when you maybe have put some thought and, and really want to give um, somebody something, you know, what it, what it feels like when they just accept it graciously and say, thank you. And then, you know, whatever, however else they respond to it. But if someone's kind of pushing it away, no, don't do that. You know, it's, I don't want that. Don't give me anything. I mean, does that feel good? Mm -mm. No, no, it doesn't feel good. And that was a principle that I learned back when I lived in Hawaii. Um, there was this period where I, worst relationship, best relationship of my life. And um, we had broken up and I went back to California and just to heal for, I think I was there for four or five weeks uh, with my dad and stepmom, uh, nursing my poor feelings back to, <laughs> back to normal. Um, and then I went back to Hawaii and and then I, I don't know how long I worked there, three, four or five months or something like that. And I just couldn't handle seeing his car all over the place and knowing that he's right there. And it was, I mean, I was still in a very painful situation. And so I, I moved back to the mainland. I moved back to LA and I think I sold most of my stuff, but then I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it away. I'm going to practice this principle of what you give, you get back tenfold. And in doing that, it, it, and I took it with me no matter where I would move or, um, if I, you know, I wouldn't sell stuff, I would, I would give stuff away. And I, you know, I wasn't making a whole lot of money and I didn't have, you know, I gave my entertainment center when I moved in with Alan to, and I just bought it. I was really proud of my entertainment center. It like banged out some bitch in music. The TV was top notch at the time. Um, and I mean, I had just bought it. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to just give it to, I, I gave it to uh, my stepdad and my mom. And I was so happy to give it to them because I knew how much it meant to them. And so in this principle now, <laughs> I will I'll tell you one funny story. We had a garage sale when Alan and I decided to move to Las Vegas from California. We had this garage sale and um, my girlfriend Gretchen and I were running the garage. I've done tons of garage sales. Uh, my husband, on the other hand, it was his first garage sale. And I remember at the tail end of the garage sale, you know, they nickel and dime you because it's a garage sale. So they want something for 50 cents that costs you probably $500. I mean, it's a garage sale. So there was this stupid little soap dish. And it, gosh, I mean, it, it looked antique. And it had a little hairline crack in the middle. So this lady starts negotiating with Alan over this stupid little soap dish. Anyway, by the end of the garage sale, it did not matter how much money we made. Alan and I both made the decision. We will never do that again. We will just give things away. And no matter where we've moved or what we've done, actually you have some of the stuff that, that when we moved into our, yeah, that was so fun. Yeah. Like, I love that. I love, I love giving because the receiving is a beautiful byproduct, but the mm -hmm. giving is, it's just beautiful. 
It is. So say thank you. Yes. Say thank you and accept. (laughs) Yes. Don't fight it. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, and give. Yes, I have a, I have a beautiful friend who, who, who is, uh, that's definitely her love language is gifts. Um, But she's definitely more of the giver and a little bit harder on the receiving side. But um, every time she, I see her, she's always got something in hand for me. And it's a, you know, I really, I'm grateful for her. If you're watching, you know who you are. (laughs) So, but yeah, she always comes with something in hand and you can tell it just, you know, it fills her up to, to give. Um, It's beautiful. So. Fills me up to give too. I love giving and I, it really is the principle that has paid me so well just to be able to so genuinely help so many people. It's, it's beautiful. And I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, probably. Yes. And, you know, another thing too, is because I'm, I, I'm a giver when I have the time to, I do things, handmade things, right. And I do things that I create Beautiful. myself. Candles. And, uh, yeah. I was just going to grab it, but it's a little too far over there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. yeah. Candles. And, and I made little shadow boxes for the girls last year, yep. which is, you know, that was, I was kind of my thing at that time. And, and they do sit uh, on your nightstands too. Good. Yeah. And so, cause, and then that just, that's like all, all the love that goes into that is really feels good as well, because you're, I mean, especially if you're kind of got that little perfectionist thing going on like me, but you're making sure all the little things are just right. <laughs> going through All this little love and care. Um, anyway, so that's, that's, uh, that always feels good too. Okay. So let's move on to number four, which is express your gratitude. So express. Mm. And what that really does verbally, right? It's to, to really share with people, you know, your gratitude for what they do for you, for how much you, you know, how you, how much you love them. And again, that also moves into the more, you know, seeing the positive in someone else instead of the negative. And it really is, um, you know, especially if you're parents, it can model for your kids, how mommy and daddy love each other, right? How they are nice to each other, how they're kind to each other, how they express it, not just by saying I love you, which is important, but also just by thank you for doing the dishes tonight, sweetie. I really appreciate it. Or, you know, just all these just kind of nice, nice, niceties, right? That you can express in gratitude for, you know, all of your family and other people too. But it's, I mean, especially when you're modeling it for your kids, Hey, they're paying attention and they're paying attention to all of it. So give them some positive stuff, you know, really sprinkled in consistently throughout, uh, throughout your everyday life, because then they just, it's just so, it just so comes so naturally for them, especially, you know, if it might not come naturally to the parent, so to speak, if, if they didn't grow up with that. So they have to kind of, kind of like more like a learned way uh, to do that. And it might be a little uncomfortable. I've definitely worked with people. It's a little uncomfortable for them to, you know, say things like that to their partner. It's like, well, then if it's uncomfortable, it's probably a really great place to visit because that's probably where you're going to get some bigger results. Oh gosh. You know, bringing up parenting, I learned very early on with Stacey Mia that kids don't do what you tell them to do. They do what you do. Mm-hmm. And they speak the way you speak and they're just little walking minis of what happens inside the home. And mm-hmm. I have a really funny story. Um, and I think you'll probably remember this. So of course I'm a perfect mom, right? Because I'm, I'm older. I was 37 when Stacy Mia was born and uh, tried to do everything right. And this is another thing for all parents, no matter what stage of the game, but when, when they're little, And again, I was an older mom. So you would think that I'd have a little more, uh, I'd be a little more secure in who I, who I was, but I was a first time mom. I don't know. So we're down at the preschool. Stacey Mia is in preschool. She's maybe 20 months old. So not barely two years old. (laughs) And I go and, you know, she's new to preschool, which means I'm new to preschool. And of course I'm trying to be the, the perfect mom and you know, perfect image. And so I go pick her up from, from, uh, preschool one day and the teacher says to me, um, can I, can I talk to you for a second? And I'm like, Oh dear, I'm in trouble. Right. You feel like you're in trouble. So, so she says, well, we had a little situation this morning. 
Stacy Mia was using her building blocks and, you know, the whole thing came crumbling to the ground and she says, oh, and I'm like, I have no idea where she gets that kind of language from. <gasps> mortified, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm super mortified. We get in the car, I'm driving home. I'm all scattered. I'm like, at least she used it in proper context. Hmm. Okay. And then I started paying attention to the way we talk. And I'm like, oh, nuts. <laughs> I got to clean up my language. So I go the next day to take Stacy me and drop her off in preschool. And I, and I said to the teacher, I said, um, okay, so apparently I used that colorful language more than I thought I did. <laughs> I said, she got it for me. I'm like throwing myself under the bus. And the teacher just laughed. She's like, I can't believe how many parents actually don't come clean about it when we know it's coming from the house. Cause like, where else would they get it from when they're spending the majority of the time with their parents? Anyway, I thought that that was always really funny and, you know, watching them as they grow older and, and even expressing. So this last year of healing for, um, Alan and I, both of us, actually, both of us doing some really deep healing, um, the last few months. So again, this, this last six months would be at what I call integration, which is the healing work had been done, but now it's like, how do you, uh, how do you integrate it? And we went on a healing retreat, um, the weekend of September 23rd and 24th and miracles, you just never know when they happen. You know, you just never really know when they're going to happen. And, but a miracle did happen that weekend. And it was, we finally realized, and, and Lisa, you and I, and Alan too, I hope he doesn't mind me throwing him under the bus. But one of the things in our relationship was that we both felt, um, well, you would know, not accepted, um, not heard, right? What were our big and we both had the same insecurities from childhood, I guess would be the answer, but it was, it was fear of not being heard or not feeling like you're heard, um, not respected, understood, 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 understood. And in Lisa and you kind of just helping us through all of this, you would say, is it your intention to ever hurt Sandra? And you'd ask Alan that he'd be like, absolutely not. And then you'd ask me that I would never hurt him on purpose. Right. But it was all this um, old broken patterns that we were just starting to identify. And I would say really since the miracle weekend, which was miracle day was June 19th, but this weekend was miracle number two for me and Alan, how we talk to each other is night and day. I don't think that we've, we just, it's different, you know, integration. We know when one of us gets upset. Like there's, there's this, this, it's not at each other. Right. So maybe as we're talking about expressing gratitude and how we feel, and if you're in a relationship, whether it's with your children or a significant other, um, if you just operate from that one premise, because if you want to hurt somebody else, <laughs> you probably shouldn't be with that person. Just saying, right. But you're with somebody and why would you ever intentionally hurt anybody right. in general? And so, you know, just again, that's such a basic principle of, of one of the biggest lessons that besides, besides um, you can work it out in this relationship or you're going to work it out in the next really, that's of course the biggest nugget there too. But, you know, really understanding like we don't hurt people on purpose. No. Well, I mean, some people do, but, but, you know, for the most part, we're not really wanting to hurt them. They're our partner, they're our child or whatever, but hurt people, hurt people as the saying goes. So it's almost like that, that knee jerk reaction because we feel hurt. And yeah. so therefore we're trying to dispel it and trying to move it away from us. So we move it out into whoever is the next, you know, <laughs> the closest one to us at the, in the moment, perhaps. So, yeah, but that, again, that's, you know, one of the things is I grew up in a really polite family. So we, you know, we just had a lot of, you know, etiquettes and please and thank you was just part of our, our ground base. You know, that was just part of our foundation. And Eric is the same way, which I love. And, and, you know, just that, that, that politeness, but, you know, you got to bring polite back in, to, you know, learn it or bring it back into your, your closest relationships. 
-hmm. And thank yous can go a really long way. Heartfelt ones, but really. I was just going to say intentional, be conscious when you're expressing that because I mean, even, even my kids now are, Eric is, he's so sweet. His heart is pure. His heart is pure. So he's polite, but his heart is pure. And it comes naturally for him. Yeah, It comes naturally for him. Yeah. So I think the younger, the, the younger, the kids and in, in even coming back to this whole experience, like watching our children now, mine and Alan's children now, they are growing with us and you can see it. It's wow. This is really, gosh, they're so easy. They're so moldable. I guess that could be good and bad, right? Like could be good and bad. Um, but take it such it's, it's been a really, um, wonderful experience to watch everybody grow mm-hmm. everybody's yeah. growing and loving and, and pure hearted and pure souled. And it's good. You know, um, a, a, a story that I have around a short one, uh, around my grandma, the one who made the Christmas balls, <laughs> Christmas ornaments, right? Same one, same grandma. Uh, again, well, I, as I say that, I recognize, oh, she made handmade stuff too. Uh-huh. That's where I, God, probably where I get it from the most is because I watched her throughout the years, putting so much love and, and making handcrafted things and, and giving them to everyone in the family. So, Okay. Just made that connection. Thank you, Grandma. <laughs> um, but a, a, another experience I had, and this is, gosh, when I'm, you know, maybe seven or eight years old, and um, uh, we were, I was drawing my dog in pencil. And at that time, I think we had Xerox machines back then. But anyway, I was at her house, and she hand drew, she traced that drawing. So she put a tracing paper or whatever it was over, and she traced it line for line. She didn't make it better. She just did exactly as I had drawn it, like four times for each person and you know, in our family. And I'm like, that is love. That is love and, um, and patience. And that's, yeah, we could do a whole show on my grandma, but, um, because there's a lot there. Um, but you know, it, it I'm what I'm 59 now. And then that still stays with me how grateful I am for her to, to express herself in how much love she had for me by just simply reproducing a drawing that I did without changing it, no making it better, just mm-hmm. keeping it as it was. So that is anyway, super thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. That is so. super thoughtful. Yeah. Even you saying that, thank you, grandma, Lisa's grandma, mm-hmm. um, my grandmother who, uh, I've had my challenges with for reasons that we've shared, um, who is still alive. Right when you were sharing about your grandmother, I had this like, oh my gosh, my grandmother used to wrap presents. I mean, tie the bows. She taught me how to wrap. She taught me how to make a bed, a perfect bed, not just any bed. You had to make the bed perfect. And her handwriting, the care that she would take still does in handwriting. Like, oh yeah. Thank you, grandma. Thank you, grandma. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I can, I, my handwriting is pretty, I love to have, I don't get it perfect. Grandma's was perfect. Mine is a replica of perfect, of grandma perfect. So mine has, yeah. has gone down and quality over the years. Cause I just hardly ever write anymore. Like when I write, I have to remember, Oh my gosh, I have to really focus on this cursive stuff because I don't, I don't hardly, you know, write anymore anyway. So, yes. Okay. Well, thanks to all the wonderful grandmas <laughs> that are out there uh, listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So number five is cultivate, meaning practice it in your everyday life. Make it just second nature, right? Just make it second nature to be grateful because now what you're doing is you're amping up not only more to be grateful for, but you're also growing in the process. All these things, every time gratitude is one of the highest vibrational emotions there is. And so the more you can bring that into your life, the more you're going to naturally grow and the more it's going to increase the quality of your relationships and the quality of relationship you have with yourself. And it will, it goes from, you know, 
with a stronger intent in the beginning to get it going, whether it's gratitude journaling or expressing yourself or some of the things we've already talked about, um, you know, it's recognizing that it's, it is a, you know, some people have like a background noise of negative, negative, whether it's worry or anxious or anger, whatever it is, but what would it be like to have gratitude as your background noise, a positive background noise, right? To have uh, gratitude be so just around you so much of the time that it's just, it becomes effortless because you are becoming that higher vibration in which gratitude lives. So it's funny that you're saying this because I didn't look at bullet point number five. <laughs> um, so that's why I love the surprises sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but when, when you're talking about that, I was just listening to a podcast and, you know, things that, that, that I enjoy. I listen to podcasts like these with more of an astrological component to it, a frequency, um, a more of the energy stuff. Why are we here? What does it mean to be human? And in this podcast that I just listened to, um, it was, it was talking about how, you know, if we really are going through this transition, which I, it's not a belief, it's a knowing that we are, we are absolutely human beings are starting to resonate from a completely different frequency that can kind of feel a little uncomfortable. Like what the heck happened to me over the last 10 days? I'll tell you what was not comfortable. That's change. Right. And, 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 um, anyway, so in this podcast, um, and I can't tell you, it's taken me days to get through it. Right. Cause I, I don't have a whole lot of time and you know, I'm a, I'm a mom and our business is growing and there's stuff going on, but it's the only thing I've listened to in the last handful of days. And so I'm finally getting to the end of it all. And in the end of it all is that if we as human beings can operate from a space of gratitude and like service to others and all those frequency energies, 51% of the time. It's not a hundred percent of the time or 90% of the time or 80% of the time. And it's not the first time that I've heard that, that, that number 51% of the time, uh, to just operate from a higher frequency will make this transition that we're going through so much easier for us, for I mean, us individually. And so when you said like, that absolutely is it, it's a muscle that we can train. And that's why, okay, so I was 10 days in kind of a little wacky of a space, but guess what? Because I've been practicing gratitude for you're, and a you're, long you're, time now. You are amazing. Gratitude is like, you are all, you are always talking about gratitude. You know, it's a staple in your lifestyle, <laughs> right? Yeah. And you, and that's yes. really powerful that you do that. Yes. Well, it's the, it's the only thing I can, I can, I can control that. That is something, okay, I've learned it specifically with, with gratitude. So it's Rhonda Burns' book, The Magic, that I've been reading now for years. A very dear friend of mine uh, gave me the book when I was in despair. I don't know, 2018, 2019. I don't remember when it was. Um, while back, it's a staple. It's something that I know that it works. It works so fast. And every morning you wake up and you write 10 things that you're grateful for. Can you imagine starting your day like that? How about starting with, okay, I took a breath today. I get to have another human experience. Let's go. But yeah, gratitude to, to just, I'm telling you, it's the one thing that if you fake it, you'll make it and you'll be happy. Who doesn't want to be happy? It can't hurt. That's for sure. <laughs> it ain't going to hurt. That's for sure. Yes. <laughs> Only help. Yes. It can only help. And as we go into Thanksgiving in, in our normal traditions that thank, thank you for celebrating so many with me, um, really to just to have that heart center, try it, fake it till you make it yeah. wake up every morning. Don't grab that phone. Don't do it. That's a habit. I'm grateful that I broke, mm-hmm. you know, sit in the morning and just go, okay. And then create your day. We create our day. We create our reality every day. And what you were talking about before, when you get over that, that hump of that 50% into 51%, mm-hmm. you've reached critical mass within yourself, which is why, which is why, why do, why do companies 51%, you know, they want 51%, not 50, 
51, because who's in power at 51%? You. Person who has the 51%. So that 1%. So, you know, we are, again, not the hunt, doesn't need to be the hundred. You just get that. You get over that hump of that 50 to 51%. And now it's going to, you're start, you're going to start to move more with more momentum because you've reached, you've just, you've crossed over that hump and you've reached critical mass. That's so trippy that you're saying that. See, this is more of Sandra integration right here. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like grandma. (laughs) Oh, I got that from grandma. (laughs) Like, oh, 51%. And isn't that like, I've heard it before years ago, like years and years and years and years ago, but to hear it again from a, a different place and then to have it be gratitude of all things. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's the name of the game. Grat- gratitude could be the very thing that gets you over that one, that 1% that you need. Mm-hmm. So many, I mean, so many principles about that, but yes. So yeah. help let gratitude, let gratitude get you over the hump if you're coming from that place. And if not, just keep moving in the 70, 80, whatever percent you're at, you know, uh, because that's always a a wonderful thing. Absolutely. This was great. So that was, you know, I think what, what I'm glad we decided to do this. You know, we, like I said, and before we preempted another episode (laughs) because of, you know, here it's Thanksgiving tomorrow in 2023, if you're watching this uh, on Wednesday. And so, um, you know, gratitude is something, you know, that you can bring in on Thanksgiving, of course, but when you start to bring it in every day of your life, the game, you're in a game changing life now. That's an amazing thing. So, and we're very grateful for all of you who have taken the time to listen to our podcast and contribute uh, through through your, through liking us, through subscribing, through leaving a comment? We would really love to have you leave a comment on something you know that you that that maybe you had a realization around listening to the podcast today, like we both have, um, or just you know things that you would like some you know some feedback on or to do a future podcast about. It's really important. We want to really get this. Uh, um, to be an interactive process and really have you engage with us and we will engage with you. We promise we will. Uh, We will read every single comment and, um, and we appreciate and are grateful for every single like and every single subscribe and every single share. So I will, I will say my part of thank you for joining here today for, for myself and I wish you a happy Thanksgiving. And if you're watching this at another time, then just have a wonderful and happy day with whatever day you're in. That's right. And I will say, um, the comments, we love the comments. We we're surprised by them. I think we're legitimately surprised by them. And some of y'all have reached out to me personally, uh, through Facebook, through Facebook messenger. If you have my cell phone, I've gotten even some texts and I know Lisa, you have too. Mm-hmm. And it's been like, wow. Like I had no idea that, that, uh, it resonated with somebody or it helped you through a tricky time or, but yes, please give us your feedback and we are inter- interactive and we really, really want to, um, we want to support you. We want us to grow this community of awakening individuals together, uh, together. And I, I, I do say happy Thanksgiving always and every day. Um, let's practice gratitude. And again, that's the one thing you should fake it till you make it if you're not quite there and it will change your life. So love you, Lisa. Love you, Sandra, and I'm very grateful for you and your entire family. Ditto. Thank you, Eric. Mm-hmm.